This week's episode of Kiss and Tel Aviv is brought to you by Veg It Out. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to take a second to thank them for sponsoring this week's episode of Kiss and Tel Aviv. If you don't already know, Veg It Out is a plant-based kosher meal delivery service right here in Israel. And unlike some of the other meal subscription delivery services that you might be used to in other parts of the world, you don't have to do any of the cooking. It's not like you're going to have to get ingredients and then still cook your meals. They come ready to go. And if you're like me, that's a huge advantage because a lot of times at the end of a long work day, whether you're a busy, hardworking person who runs their own household and has kids to take care of and a spouse, or you're a single lady freelancing her life away in Tel Aviv, or if you're working a nine to five, finding the time to cook a healthy meal can be challenging, but that is where Veg It Out comes in. Here's how it works. You can decide on a weekly subscription plan or you can try them out with a one-time order so you can see if you like it and let me tell you, you're going to. And then each week they create a delicious menu of new meals that you get to choose from for your next delivery. I really, really love, I actually had it for lunch today, the roasted zucchini soup. It's perpetually soup season in my mind and in my heart. You know I'm a winter girly, so those soups, ooh, so delicious. It even comes with this garlic confit that you can add to it and it's, Mwah, chef's kiss absolutely delicious i've also really been loving the egg roll bowl mm, so good and i can't get enough of these meals and it's just so convenient to know that when i'm working from home or when i'm coming home after a long day of being out and about that there is ready-made meals in my fridge i don't have to make any decisions i don't have to spend too much money or order something really overindulgent to be delivered to my house once you make your order with Veg It Out, it will be waiting on your doorstep first thing every Monday morning in a cooler bag with ice. So no more overspending on delivery or trying to waste time deciding what to order or paying those ridiculous delivery fees. And the best part about Veg It Out is they are giving Kiss and Tel Aviv listeners a special 10% discount with code KISS10. That's KISS and the number 10 that you can use with the link in the description to order your next Veg It Out meal subscription. So let's get into today's episode and be sure and check out Veg It Out. Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margo, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. Hello and welcome back. We have just rounded out the Purim season here in Tel Aviv, and my goodness, you guys, that was the longest Purim in the history of the Jewish people since Esther freed us from the evil decree of Haman. Wow. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, I was talking about this in my stories. I've never seen people celebrate Purim for that long. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Purim was on a Monday, which means in true Tel Aviv fashion, we're never looking for excuses to party. So when it's on a Monday or when it's on the middle of the week on, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's sort of like you get the bookend of weekends to celebrate it. Now, I personally didn't start celebrating Purim until Monday night when it actually began, but that Friday, people were already like out in the kerem, already out in the shuk, partying in, in costumes. So you sort of start the first weekend before, which to me felt, felt a little bit early. I, I felt like, mm, 
it's too early to start celebrating this the weekend before. And then because it was on a Monday, that following weekend, that Thursday, people were still out. I was literally walking to synagogue in my little like synagogue, good girl, little outfit. And I said, I'm like thinking about the week that I had just lived and then seeing people in their costumes still. So yeah, it was like Purim week. It really was. It was longer than that. It was like eight days. It was like an eight day bender that Tel Aviv was on. But I get it because Tel Aviv as a whole and the country as as a nation has been going through a lot with all of the judicial reforms and the protests and they've you know, recently turned violent and there's just a lot going on in the world. There's also been a lot of terrorist attacks and this government, it's just been wild. So I don't blame people for wanting to blow off some steam, let loose and just have a good time. Speaking of having a good time, I know I certainly did on Purim. I always find that this time of year, I'm always sad to say goodbye to winter. You guys know I love winter the heat of summer is fast approaching and I am not so happy about it, but the last couple of weeks have been really, really nice. And Purim is always the beginning of the spring, summer fun. And I really love this time of year. And I always have a good time on Purim. Always. Like I just... It's just a magical, magical experience. It's a magical holiday for many reasons. And I just find that this time of year is really cool. And I, I always say Purim is for lovers because everybody's just having a good time. Purim is so much cooler than Halloween, I have to say. I fucking love Halloween. I love fall. I love fall holidays and I love costumes. But man, Purim is just, there's a magic in the air that cannot be described. It's for lovers. And I had such a good time. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I went full out with not one, but two different Taylor Swift looks from her Blank Space music video, which I absolutely adore that song because a lot of people think that it's just a silly song about her dating life. But what it really is, is her reclaiming of the media's interpretation of her as a woman and as a young woman dating and she sort of took all of the stereotypes and things that have been said about her in the media and turned them into this amazing story and the video if you haven't seen it go watch it otherwise i'll probably just look like a weird psycho in my instagram posts if you don't know the references but i don't care i i i just want to say my porn costumes are for the girls the gays and the theys okay to every, to every other straight dude who doesn't know what I am, I just look hot. So it's fine. But like <laughs> if the girls, the gays, and the theys know my costume, that's who I dress for. My opinion is if, if you have a costume that only like three people know what it is and two out of three of them are gay and the other one is, is like a straight woman with the same musical taste in you, you've nailed your, you've nailed your porn costume. You've nailed it. Good for you. Bravo. So that was kind of where I, I was at. But anyways, if you go and watch the music video for Blank Space... It takes place in this insanely beautiful palace, villa kind of place where, you know, the media sort of made it sound like Taylor Swift is this silly, pop, frivolous pop star who just wakes up in the morning and, and chooses which man she's going to destroy and write songs about and cry over and go psycho about. 
And I really just love the story of it. I love how she made fun of herself and also made a really bold statement about the way that she as a woman was perceived by the media. Now, this is not a Taylor Swift podcast. So moving on back to Purim. So, yeah, I dressed as, as Taylor Swift. The first costume I wore was a bit more synagogue appropriate. And then the next night I went to a really fun house party. Shout out to Jana and Faye for your amazing hospitality. And it was it was just what the doctor ordered, guys. I got to say, if you've been listening for the past several months of this podcast, I, I feel like I was in a winter of my dating life. I wasn't talking to anyone. I wasn't I wasn't doing anything in terms of dating. I, I was just it, winter, ice cold, frozen, inaccessible. And Purim kind of helped melt away some of that icy exterior that I had grown and that I'd frozen over me for the past couple of months, if not maybe like almost an entire year. Uh, maybe maybe year is a long time, but like six, seven, eight months. And it felt really good. Definitely had some fun. Definitely got my flirt on. Definitely got to mingle with the singles and just go out there and be hot and flirt. And it felt fucking amazing. And I think being in costume is part of the reason why Purim is such an amazing time of year because you get to express yourself maybe in ways that are a little bit less inhibited because you're in a costume and you feel like you can kind of play into a a character. And for me, playing into that blank space, Taylor, hot, crazy experience. That was so fucking fun for me. So... Uh, I'd like to thank Taylor Swift and the hosts of the Purim party and the hot guy that I, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) Purim was fun. Um, I want to talk a little bit too, and I think this is a separate episode entirely, um, about ghosting and about casual sex etiquette and things like that. So if you want to hear that episode, definitely stay tuned. It's a bit of a tangent and it's not completely related to Purim exactly, but, um, or my experience on Purim, but yeah. Let's just say I was recently talking to someone and I convinced myself that I was being ghosted and I might still be getting ghosted. I really don't know. Uh, That's a whole other story. I'm not going to unpack that here, but first of all, I want to address my quickness to react to to assume that I'm ghosted like a guy like in my head someone could like not text me back for like a couple of hours because life happens and I'm like he's that's it he's dead to me ghosted done goodbye good night meanwhile they're like I don't know just living their normal life and I'm not being actually ghosted but the topic got me thinking about ghosting and what it's like and how often it fucking happens And I also want to do an episode on casual sex, the etiquette of casual sex. Are you cut out for casual sex? And kind of that whole dynamic and how to approach it. Because it can be kind of a lot to consider and kind of a mindfuck if you you let it be. 
Anyways, with that said, I want to get into the meat of today's episode, which is the huge glaring differences between dating Israelis and dating literally anybody else. Literally anybody else. Obviously, you know, I am from the US. I am a red-blooded American gal. And a lot of my dating experiences, for the most part, have either been there or here. And I've dated a couple of other nationalities, but for the most part, it's Americans and Israelis. And I asked you guys over on Instagram, which speaking of Instagram, hang on, I'm backtracking for a second. My Taylor Swift costume was, as some people would say, like a bit risque, okay? Nothing over the top, but tasteful. I got so much shit for that on fucking Instagram, you guys. And like, I don't really care because I felt fucking amazing and I looked great. But wow, some people just really damn. Also, one of my Tomer videos recently, I mean, it had been going viral and then it, it was on this sort of steady climb. It keeps getting views and it's like over half a million views now. And that's the thing that happens when that nobody really tells you like a lot of people who make content on social media, like I want to go viral. I want to go viral. I want to go viral. What they don't realize is that when you go viral, you're also being, you're not just being exposed to an audience of people who will potentially like what you have to say. You're also going to be exposed to a bunch of people who want to say the nastiest, meanest fucking things to you. And I'm used to that with all of the fucking free Palestine anti-semitic bullshit that I get on a daily basis and I've grown a thick skin to that but the first time that that happened to me it was really intense and recently I got a huge wave of misogynistic hate on my Tomer video where I was making fun of the way that guys um, invite you over to their house during the winter because it's too rainy to go outside and one of the most common things that guys were telling me was, Who, what, what Israeli guy would want to date you anyways? And it's all like these disgusting fucking Alsim lowlife fucking losers. Like, bro, you live in fucking Rishon. Who wants to date you, bro? It ain't me. And that's the thing. Like, this is the last thing that modern men have against, to, that they think they have in their arsenal to say against women. It's like, well, who the fuck would want to date you anyways? You're a slut. Like, is that that all you have? First of all, you calling me a slut is not a fucking insult. Here's the thing about being called a slut. If somebody is calling you a slut for whatever fucking reason, it's first of all, it's usually completely unfounded. Completely unfounded. Well, sometimes. (laughs) And even if it's true, even if you do have a large or whatever that fucking means number of sex partners. It just means that you're particularly good at that thing and that you do it often. Sex is the only thing that we chide people on for, well, maybe like drugs and alcohol and overconsumption of eat of food and stuff like that. But it's one of the few things where it's like, you're supposed to be really, really good at it. But if you practice at it too much, you're a slut. But that's only, only if you're a woman, like guys can practice all they want. And that's the funny thing, because guys can practice all they want and still be fucking terrible in bed. Can we just talk about that? Like, women are not allowed to be sluts, but we're supposed to be good in bed. Guys are allowed to be sluts, and they still don't know. They couldn't find a fucking clitoris if you literally put ways on their fucking phone for them. 
Shout out Benji Lovett if you're listening to that. That's his joke. Um, I It's like for real. Like what are you guys doing? So all these dudes are like, you're a fucking slut. Somebody called me a cow. I'm like, moo moo, bitch. Like what? <laughs> Got milk? Somebody else was like, like 15 fucking dudes. Were like, what is really guy would want to date you? And then they find each other in the comment section. And they're like, oh, hey, bro. I wouldn't want to fucking date this cow. And then I go to their page. And they they literally look like a fucking popsicle stick, popsicle stick that was like chewed on by a fucking rodent and caught in a drain. Like, bro, what the fuck? And it's 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 like these guys need to preemptively reject women that they could never even get in the first place to make themselves feel better about themselves. And then they go and they send out these these like bat signals in the comment section of, of people's social media posts. And they find each other. It's like, y'all can have each other. I think you guys are your own true fucking soulmates out there. Because what is, if that's what it means to be like a, a bro. Uh, actually, uh, in this world. How fucking. And that's the thing. These guys pride themselves on their masculinity. Uh, and and how how strong and sexual and hot and strong and i fuck women and you're a slut that is literally and and they do it for each other it's like how fucking how fucking like homoerotic is that and i've said this before on the straight guys aren't straight episode but you literally come to a hot girl's comments to talk shit to her and then you find other dudes to practically jerk off in the comments of my videos. That is the most homoerotic shit ever. You are, do you, do you fucking hear yourselves? Anyways, I just needed to say that because it's been on my mind. Speaking of Instagram, now let's get into the meat of the episode. I asked you guys on my Instagram stories, um, if you're not following me, my at is Margo explains it all. I usually come up with podcast topics on my own, but I love asking you guys for your input and like if you guys like what you guys want to hear. And you did not disappoint. You did not disappoint. Shout out to my friend Jules. She's sustainable realist on Instagram. And she came up with this amazing topic of things that would that Israeli guys do that would send Americans or any any foreigners really into a coma. And I absolutely loved the way that she phrased that. And I want to thank her for the inspiration for today's podcast episode, which led me to want to talk about all of those things that Israelis do in dating that really are just huge cultural mindfucks if you're not used to them. And I want to point out to you guys, if you're new to Israel or you're thinking about making Aliyah, these are the things that you need to know about, especially if you are somebody who dates Israeli men. I'm talking specifically in most of these contexts, they can apply to queer people and queer relationships, but a lot of uh, my audience are people who date cis i would say heterosexual men but you know that i don't think that most most straight guys are actually straight um so a lot of this is within that context but if you have other experiences outside of the heteronormative 
experience, then I would love to hear about those things. A lot of my uh, queer audience also wrote in and said a lot of the stuff is the same. And I know that from also, I can't speak on, on their behalf, but I know that a lot of the, these things apply in general. So I think a lot of this stuff is just things about Israeli men, whether they, wherever they put their genitals, whoever they put their genitals in, whatever. Okay. So I, I don't know if that's like a disclaimer or, or, or whatever, but I wanted to talk about some of the main themes. Okay. So that I also asked you guys to tell me what are the biggest differences once that topic was decided in my mind. I asked you guys, what are the biggest differences in dating Israelis versus dating people of your, wherever country you came from or whatever it may be. This is a very international country and there's people from all over the world. So you may have had these experiences within Israel as well. Maybe you dated South Africans or Brits or French guys. I, I've done it all. So <laughs> um, I can definitely relate to a lot of those of you who who wrote in about the various different kinds of guys latin guys whatever it may be or people in general um another thing that came up when i so let me just say real quick so a lot of the common themes are what i'm going to be addressing because a lot of you said a lot of the same things over and over when i asked you what are the main differences so i'm going to kind of bucket those into themes and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it okay so buckle up the first and probably the most common response that I got about the biggest difference with Israelis is their straightforwardness, their blunt attitudes, the way that they are very straightforward. Now, it's interesting to me because I think Israelis definitely are straightforward and sometimes unfiltered, if not always, and some a lot of times it can feel like they're just saying whatever comes to their mind without even thinking about it. But not all Israelis are like that. But the straightforwardness can really be quite intense and overwhelming if you're not used to it, especially if you come from cultures where politeness is is, is a totally different concept. We will get into that in a little bit. But the straightforwardness. Now, I... I think what a lot of you guys meant is like Israeli guys will tell you how they feel right off the bat. I don't necessarily think that that's true in every case. I think I've talked to a lot of my friends about this. When it comes to everything else but dating, I think Israeli guys in particular can be very straightforward. But sometimes like guys are guys. And sometimes if they're too straightforward, it's going to fuck up their whole game. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of them, especially in casual scenarios, are just trying to get their dick wet. And if they're too straightforward about that, they're going to scare off the person that they're talking to. So, yeah, some of them can be pretty straightforward. But a lot of times, you know, you got to look out for the fuckboys who will kind of say whatever they want to get their get their kicks. And I think that that's kind of something that happens all over the board, no matter who you're dating. Um, this is a huge one that I have to have to mention. If you are not familiar or you're new here or you are thinking about making Aliyah and you're going to date Israeli guys, especially if you're a woman who's going to date Israeli guys, Israeli guys are super fucking affectionate right from the jump, okay? And if you are used to particularly American guys, I cannot speak for too many other cultures because like I said, I have dated a lot of different types of nationalities, 
but especially if you come from the u.s that like affectionate nature is something that takes that is not culturally an experience that at least in my experience and a lot of others i'm sure the pet names and the affection oh my love motek my life my love oh you're a princess you're this you're that it israelis in general are just very affectionate warm people but especially when it comes to romance and dating they will be calling you baby this baby that motek right off the bat and if you are not used to that i need to tell you right now it does not really mean much it is just how they communicate. It's just a sweet way of talking. It doesn't mean that you're any more special than anybody else. I just, I have, I have to say that because when I first moved here, I was like, oh my God, these guys love me so much. He's already calling me baby. Like, oh my God, that's so sweet. No girl, it's not. He talks like that to everybody. He talks like that to the fucking lady at the Kupa at the AMPM. He's like, Shelly. This, it's not, it's just how they talk. It's just how they talk. It's just the way they are, okay? Also, along with that, another thing that happens very quickly. Listen, we've talked about this before. Israel, Israelis, this, this world we live in, in the Middle East especially, we are a tribal culture. You have to remember that. You have to keep that in mind, okay? So with that comes a lot of closeness and with that comes a lot of warmth and welcoming but it also means that some of those things are just ways in which tribal cultures communicate and the modern day equivalent of that is you might end up meeting an israeli guy's family right off the bat he literally might like date number two be like ah oh, my my sister having a barbecue over in this neighborhood you want to go stop by and you're like what i'm not prepared to meet your family and it does not mean anything you might be the seventh eighth ninth tenth girl that fucking week that he's brought over to his ima's house or they might like welcome you to a shabbat dinner hey you want to come meet uh, my mother she's having a shabbat dinner come for israelis that is not a big deal it does not necessarily now not all of them but for a lot of them it's just culturally they're very warm hospitable and welcoming and you getting an invite to a shabbat dinner from Tomer is not the same as you getting a invite for Shabbat dinner from Josh in the Upper West Side. Okay? So if you're listening to this and you have yet not not yet experienced that, please be aware. Please be aware. It does not mean that he is serious, which I know is crazy. Okay? Um, one of my friends, shout out Jenna, um, responded to the question on Instagram and she said, Israeli guys will cook you dinner, introduce you to their family before it's serious. Yes, that is so true could not agree more could not agree more um those kind of things are just israelis ways of going about their lives that's just how the fuck they are the other number three theme i think we're at now that came up over and over again was manners and sophistication and kind of lack thereof among israeli men now I have a lot of thoughts on this. And one thing I do want to say is, I don't know if you've ever heard the term, this is particularly comparing Americans versus Israelis, but a lot of times people will say, and just bear with me, like don't take this too personally. Israelis are good, but they're not nice. Americans are nice, but they're not good. And I've heard people say this, particularly Israelis, like Americans will be really like, oh, 
polite to your face. Like imagine the, the experience of going to a restaurant in America versus Israel. Like you sit down at a fucking Applebee's in America. Hey guys, how's it going today? My name's Kirsten. I'm going to take your order. Can I get you started with a fucking blooming onion? <laughs> and then you sit down at a fucking cafe. It could be the most expensive restaurant in Tel Aviv. And they're going to be like, Shalom. Matruta. You know what I mean? It's just manners and those kind of niceties. Israelis just don't fuck around with that that much, which I wish they would a little bit more, to be honest. Um, but it's just, I don't, I, they just don't have time for that. They're, again, it goes back to the straightforwardness. And maybe a lot of it has to do with, with like the survival instinct. Like there's no time for that small talk bullshit. Israelis just shoot straight from the hip, um, which can make them come off as really impolite. And a lot of you wrote to me, Israeli men are not gentlemen. I'm not sure that a lot of guys across the board in the current state that we're at in terms of like men and women and, and chivalry, not in the old fashioned sense, but I don't know if like, I think it's kind of common across the board. I think that um, we do live in the Middle East, talk about this a lot, but um, treatment of women in general needs to be improved in every culture, in every country, from every corner of society. Um, and I think it just manifests itself in, in a different kind of interesting way among Israeli guys. Hey guys, I just wanted to pop in and give another special thank you to this week's episode sponsor, which is Veg It Out. As you know, Veg It Out is a plant-based kosher meal delivery service right here in Israel. Not just any meal delivery service. They are ready to eat, ready to go, and they come in convenient bowls. So all you have to do is pop them in the microwave or the air fryer or whatever works for you and enjoy a delicious, plant-based, healthy, balanced meal. And if you're like me, sometimes it is really difficult to find the time to cook a meal, whether you're running your own household and you're taking care of your family, or if you are working and you just don't have the time to cook a meal every single night, you know that there is a delicious, healthy, plant-based meal in your fridge where waiting for you thanks to veg it out so each week you can decide on a weekly subscription plan or you can try them out with a one-time order and you'll get a delicious menu of new meals that you can choose from they're really delicious they've got things like the eggplant parmesan bowl the egg roll bowl and amazing soups that i absolutely adore and then your order is waiting for you on your doorstep first thing monday morning in a cooler bag with ice so you don't have to overspend on deliveries you don't have to waste time trying to figure out what to order and spending all of your hard-earned shekels on delivery fees. The best part is Veg It Out is giving Kiss and Tel Aviv listeners a special 10% discount with code KISS10. That's K-I-S-S and the number 10, K-I-S-S-1-0. And you can use that at checkout with the link that will be in the description of today's episode. So thank you to Veg It Out for sponsoring this episode and let's get back on into it. Um, somebody said is with less sophistication, Israeli guys flex their cars. <laughs> Girl, I don't know where the fuck you live or hang out. Maybe there's a lot of Arsim where you are. I, I don't know what I do see a lot of like dudes flexing their cars on on fucking dating apps and stuff like that. But I don't know what fucking cars they'd be flexing here in Tel Aviv. They're fucking Skoda. Like, these dudes will have, like... And I don't give a fuck about cars, so I don't really care. But, like, I don't... 
I don't see a lot of nice cars rolling around in Tel Aviv and dudes particularly flexing them. I think if anything, they're trying to flex that they have a fucking parking spot. Now that is a fucking flex. The car can be a fucking tin can roller skate. But if you have a parking spot, that is the real flex. So again, I don't know where exactly you're hanging out. I do know that um, Arab culture and if you go to places like Haifa or even Yafo, um, a lot of Arab men do have really nice cars. Israeli um, Jewish guys, they don't have... I'm not saying that Arabs aren't Israeli. I'm just saying Arab culture really... The guys have nice cars that they like to flex, but I don't think that like that's a thing among like Tomer and his little Ashkenazi ass. He's not, he's not flexing his car. At least not, not to, I've never fucking cared about a guy's car or noticed that at all. Um, what else? Oh, the number, number four theme that came up was the way that Israelis are obsessed with marriage and kids and start talking about it right away. I think this also kind of goes into the theme of the straightforwardness. Sometimes people, I, again, I, maybe I just give off a different vibe, but I do not have that same experience. Um, I kind of don't want that experience. I wouldn't want somebody talking about marriage and children with me right away, but I do know that that is something that is, is common. Like it has, it has come up for me, but nowadays, I don't know. I think I just tune that shit out or don't, don't attract that because a, I don't really gravitate towards that and be I don't know um it's a red flag for me if somebody does that it really really is unless it's like a serious situation where you're having a mature conversation about it and happens to be happening kind of soon off the bat but I don't know look um I do know that there's there's definitely a lot of cultural differences um about like the age at which people get married here and things like that. And I think that I also live in Tel Aviv. So I have a different viewpoint of that. The reason that I love living in Tel Aviv is because there are a lot of people in their 30s like me who are still single and maybe are not interested in the traditional marriage and family path that might exist in other areas. Tel Aviv is is special in that regard. And that's why I love living here because I do have a lot of single friends. And I continue to make single friends. And that's really, really, really important to me. So maybe you are experiencing this outside of Tel Aviv. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are obsessed with marriage and kids and start talking about it right away. Um, Religion plays a big role in that. But it's not just religious people. I know a lot of people who, you know, a lot of Israelis will meet in the army and get married right after when they're like 24, 25 years old after their trips and stuff like that. Um, And that's kind of who they'll settle down with. They'll have like maybe one or two partners and then they'll, they'll meet somebody in the army or in college and get married. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, and manners and culture. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, the feeling spontaneous, the lack of making plans can really be interpreted as rude. I personally do think it is rude. Um, I don't care if it's a cultural difference. Um, your cultural differences need to kind of be, I don't know, not bent, but like if you are dating someone, you can't just be a thousand percent the way you want to be all the time right? If you're dating someone and you know that they appreciate when you make plans, I don't fucking care what culture you come from. Like be polite and make that person feel special and make a fucking plan with them. If you know, oh, but it's my culture. Israel is very last minute and I'm feeling spontaneous. I want to ask you out. I don't want that. 
that doesn't work with my lifestyle and I'm not going to be compatible with somebody who wants to do that all the time. So I definitely do think that there is some truth to that. Somebody, uh, actually a lot of you wrote close mindedness. Um, I do think that we have a long way to go. Even some of the most open-minded for lack of a better word, liberal or progressive dudes here still have a lot of, um, a lot of work to do on their perception of women, their beliefs about a woman's role in the world or in a relationship or in a family. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of closed mindedness. Again, I say this in every episode, but we live in the Middle East. So yeah, we're definitely not living in some of the places where things are a lot worse, but we still have this very machismo, patriarchal, man-centered, um, heteronormative approach to these. And I think that that can come off as very close-minded because it is. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that I'm sure a lot of you have experienced, myself included. Another thing, oh my God, the way Israeli guys dress what the fuck are they doing? What the fuck are they doing? What are they doing? What are they fucking wearing? They need so much help. Even like, even some of the good ones, like even some of the hot ones, like still need fucking help. It's the shoes. It's the fucking shoes. And I'm not just talking about Blundstones and Teva. No, it's like those fucking sandals. I personally fucking love a Blundstone. You probably know that if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. Like a nice straight leg jean and a Blundstone and a black t-shirt in the winter. Good night. I'm done. Check, please. Let's go. Um, but the fucking just bad sneakers. Like dumb, dumb shoes and ter- the, the jorts. You guys fucking know how I feel about the goddamn jorts. For Christ's sake, what the fuck are those fucking things? This, I think the thing that I really hate about them too that I just realized is they look super juvenile. Like grow up. It's okay. Jean shorts can be a thing, but if they're cropped nicely and whatever, but like you look like a kid. That's the thing. You have grown ass Israeli men and they dress like kids. Like you're dressed like a 13 year old at best, like at, at maximum age and you look fucking stupid. Like you might as well wear those dumb Velcro shoes that like don't even need shoelaces because you need your fucking Ema to tie your shoes. Is that really like grow up, dress like a man and the tank tops and just like the dumb, the dumb fucking graphic tees from like American Eagle. What are you, what are you wearing, Tomer? Or like the billabong, like palm tree tank top with like his look. I, I can see your nipples. You no nipples are for girls only. Put put those away. Stop. What are you doing? Why are you shopping at billabong if you're 30 fucking plus years old? I'm sorry. Why? Why? Like, go hang out at, at fucking Dizengoff Center at Azraeli Mall with your fucking friends from high school if you're going to dress like that. <laughs> I, I just can't. That, there's nothing, nothing's going to change about that. And I hope that I can someday find a dude who knows how to fucking dress like a goddamn adult. And I hope you do too, if you date dudes or if you're interested in that, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. These are a couple of random things that came up that you guys were talking about a lot. Um, condoms are not standard. 
Yeah, I mean, fuck. There's a lot of people fucking raw out there in Tel Aviv. Straight, gay, whatever, binary. I don't know. People be fucking without condoms. They really, they really do. They really be fucking without condoms. If you want to hear more about that, if you're new to the podcast, I do have an episode called I Love Condoms, the birth control episode, and I do go into more detail about that. But yeah, everybody across every community be fucking raw, fucking raw. And it's not cute and it's not cool. And Israeli guys seem to have such a fucking nonchalant view of STDs. Oh, which leads me to my next my next thing that someone wrote in. And I really appreciate if you're listening to this and you're that person. Consent education. That's a that's another thing. Consent education. Um, go listen to the episode. Well, actually, the last episode I made um, about the taboo club. And then there's also if you go back, there's an episode I wrote about rape culture in Israel, um, addressing the a lot rape the epidemic of, of, of rape culture in Israel. Um, it's huge and it's disgusting and it's terrible. And even the way that I talk about that, I, that I hear regular guys, everyday run of the mill dudes talking about rape and consent is really fucking frightening to me. Um, I told you guys on a story, a story on an episode about a guy casually trying to tell me that he thought I was sexy by saying, wow, I want to rape you. (sighs) as if I was supposed to be like oh wow that's so hot like thank y'all I'm so irresistible that you're gonna rape me yeah big big gaps need to be filled in terms of consent education and all of those things and rape culture lack of making plans we talked about that the spontaneousness the manners thing um gender norms definitely a big thing here we've touched on that but yeah big big stuff now I get that like a lot of people who listen to my podcast or consume my content might make assumptions that I fucking hate men and that I hate Israeli men and I get that comment a lot especially on social media like you just fucking do do you even like Israeli men why do you why don't you fucking go back to America if you hate it here so much I don't. I just am making fucking cultural observations about the world in which I live. And if that hurts people's feelings, that's too fucking bad. Then do something about them. If you don't like hearing these observations, then do something to change the fucking terrible stereotypes. I don't hate men. I hate terrible men. I don't hate all Israeli men. I hate terrible Israeli men. And if you get offended by that, you're probably in the latter category. You're probably a terrible man. If you have a problem with me saying that, I'm here to talk about the experiences that I have. I'm here to talk about the experiences that other women have and that other people have. And if that makes you upset and if you can't take the nuance in that, then you need to take that up with your therapist, my love, not me. (laughs) I'm not the problem here. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm problematic in a lot of ways. Yes, but like, mm -mm. no, there are a lot of, and with that said, I'm just saying there are a lot of things that I really love about dating Israeli guys. There, I said it. (laughs) I think that Israeli men are some of the hottest fucking dudes. They are the hottest dudes I've ever laid my eyes on. And some of the dudes that I have known in this country will 
literally leave such a lasting impression on my mind and my heart and other parts of my body because damn. So if you're a guy listening to this, especially an Israeli guy listening to this, I'm not here to fucking shit on Israeli guys all the time. I'm just talking about experiences. I love Israeli guys. But you guys are also a fucking pain in the ass and you know that about yourselves. So just like relax, okay? (laughs) You're fucking hot and you drive me crazy and I wouldn't fucking live here for 10 years if I really thought you guys were like the worst people on, on earth. You can be. But whatever. So what? Um, I want to do an episode also about, we've talked a lot about dudes on this one, but about the differences between American women and Israeli women. We have done that episode before. You can go back and listen to it. I think it's called American whores and Israeli Madonnas and the difference between Israeli women and American women or foreign women in general. I want to retouch, retouch. I want to revisit that subject and touch on it again because I think it's a really really good one I actually had a conversation with a dude recently um in a pretty intimate setting about um the differences between American guy girls and Israeli girls actually I shouldn't say girls I should say women because girls are underage girls are children and we should not use that word when talking about adult women okay Anyways, guys, I am so grateful for all of you who responded on Instagram with these amazing thought provoking questions and comments. And thank you all to anybody who submitted those. I really appreciate your input. And before we wrap up this episode, in addition to thanking you guys, I also want to thank today's episode sponsor, Veg It Out. Do not forget to get 10% off your amazing plant-based kosher meal delivery subscription service by using code KISS10, K-I-S-S-10. That's a special code to get 10% off at Veg It Out for Kiss and Tel Aviv listeners. Thank you so much to Veg It Out for sponsoring this episode. I really, really want to say thank you for listening to this episode of Kiss and Tel Aviv. Happy spring, you guys. I really love getting on the mic and I feel like I'm talking to you guys like you're in my living room with me right now, just hanging out, having a great conversation about our lives. So thank you for giving me this platform and this opportunity. And I'm really, really grateful to all of you. And I will catch you guys, you little hookers, whores prostitutes and slats in the next episode of kiss in tel aviv thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one bye